Uh, Our reading comes today from Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him, him into her home. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. All right. Well, we, we are in the midst of a, a different kind of, of series for us, looking at a different selection of, of scriptures as we go and really centering upon these vices and virtues, uh, the seven deadly sins and their, their corresponding virtues. And last week, if you were here with us, it was envy. Super fun, right? Uh, and this, this week is the, the deadly sin of sloth, right? Deadly? Sloth? I mean, really? But, but if you've been with us, you've got to remind yourself, and, and if you're new, uh, let's catch you up a little bit here. These, these deadly sins, they're not called deadly because they're the worst things that you can do, okay? So I mean, like sleeping in, like laying on the couch, like sloth. Okay, it, it's not that it's the worst thing you can do. These, these deadly sins, these seven of them, they are the habits that form us. They're, they're, the, the, they're who we're becoming. They're the slow and subtle things that can bind us, blind us, and betray us, right? We, we, you and I as humans, we're always being formed, aren't we? I mean, you're never staying static. You're always becoming somebody. And so you can be formed by vices or by virtue. You can be formed by sloth or by diligence. Sloth. I mean, it's just kind of fun to say, isn't it? It almost, it, like, it sounds lazy, doesn't it? Sloth. I mean, like, I need a nap after just, you know, mentioning it. A fun fact, um, sloth is the, the only vice that I know of, at least, that has an animal named after it. That's fun, right? Um, it's a cute little sin, isn't he? Um, <laughs> Kind of adorable. And in fact, when I mentioned this vice to, to my daughter uh, this week, she's eight, and believe me, she has better theology than this, okay? But she made a joke. She made a joke and said, Dad, does this, does this mean all sloths go to hell? Like, yeah, actually it does. That's what it means. Um, they're all banned. No, of course not. Um, and, and yet, like, you see that, or maybe, maybe for some of you, I got to get this out of my system. Some of you, when you hear sloth, right, you, you picture a, a different sloth, a particular one, uh, working at the DMV. You know where I'm going? Let's, let's take a little look. Sloths? Are you saying that because he's a sloth, he can't be fast? Flash, flash, 100-yard dash. Buddy, it's nice to see you. Nice to see you, hmm. too. Hmm. Officer Judy Hap, CPD, how are you? I am doing fine. Well, what Hang in there. can I do well, I was hoping you could run a for you? Well, I was hoping you today. could... Hey, Flash, want to hear a joke? No! Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you call 
a three-humped camel. I don't know. Pregnant. <laughs> Priscilla! Oh, no! <laughs> yes? <laughs> Flash? What do no. you call a three-humped camel uh, pregnant? Okay, great, we got it! Please jump. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> alright, all right. well, <laughs> that's what we think of, right? When you hear the word sloth, maybe you don't picture the movie if you've never seen it, or, or maybe you don't even think of that particular animal, but that's the kind of behavior we think of when we hear of sloth, right? It's somebody who's slow, lethargic, lazy, it's just kind of apathetic, and, and we, we kind of go there with, with our imaginations, don't we? Which is kind of a good place to go in some ways, because, that, well, that's not me, right? I'm not anything like that. I have never not been a hurry a day in my life, okay? The, the number one command that I yell out to my kids is hurry up, right? And that, that's most of us. We live busy and frantic. I'm always, I'm always exhausted. I have, I have too much things on my to-do list, always rushing, always running. So I don't have a problem with this. Sloth? Check. I mean, hallelujah, right? Some of you are thinking already like, man, finally I can sit back and listen as Nathan yells at all the lazy people, right? <laughs> Well, I've got some bad news. Because I, I thought that too until I actually began to read up on what the idea of sloth really is. I probably should have done that before I took my little victory lap, right? Because sloth? <sighs> sloth is not just a lack of productivity, or ambition, or hard work. It's not about how busy you are, or how exhausted you feel. Listen, sloth is not just laziness. It's laziness with what matters most. Not just laziness, laziness with what matters most. Not just inactivity, but a misordering of all of our endless ongoing activities. In fact, this morning as we, as we look at the, God's word, we're going to see three things about sloth and about sloth's antidote. Three things, and I got to tell you, it hurts. It hurts me, but here's, here's what we're going to look at. Three things. One, sloth hides best in busyness. It's great. Uh, number two, sloth is too lazy to change. And number two, three, uh, I can count. Number three is sloth is too lazy to love. Sounds fun, right? Well, turn with me to Luke 10 if you have a Bible with you. You heard it read just a moment ago. Um, but we see it, we see it in this, this story in particular, that sloth hides best in busyness. Because you read the story, maybe as you, as you heard it, like you can't find any fault with Martha running around, getting stuff done. It's like, you know, if anything, we hear that story like, Mary, get off your butt and get to work, right? I mean, culturally, Martha is our hero out there doing things. But how does Jesus see it? Verse 38, let me read it again. He says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. 
and she went up to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Stop, stop there. I mean, do you, do you see, see what's happening? Like, she's not lazy. She's full of activity, distracted with much serving, anxious and troubled, which is probably how I live 99.9% of my life, right? You too, maybe, some of us. And Jesus rebukes her for it. Because sloth is not just found in the couch potato, but it's also found those who are endlessly working on the wrong things. Like, you can work hard, but if it's the wrong thing, like, so? I mean, think of it like climbing a ladder, okay? You know, rung after rung after rung. That's, that's a decent amount of work. Up and up and up you go, you know? Um, but if the ladder is leaning against the wrong house, it doesn't matter. Like, wait, these are my neighbor's gutters, right? I mean, it's, it doesn't matter. It's, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter how hard you're working in those moments if you're working on the, on the wrong things. And often, for many of us, right, it's not just the wrong things. It's sometimes that. Often for me, it's just lesser things. Things that, things that are less important that somehow have creeped their way into my priority list way, way to the top. Like, you know, clearing your inbox instead of starting on the project that is due tomorrow. Like, yeah, you got to do your inbox, but it's, it's a lesser thing, right? It's, it's like taking your kids to endless activities rather than doing the hard work of having dinner together as a family. Or like jumping into your to-do list First thing in the morning, because you're so eager to go, but you, you forget in the, in the midst of it to pray, to ask God to be a part of it, to, to bless you in it. We're skipping church because this Sunday is just too stinking busy. Sloth is doing what's easy instead of what's necessary or best. That's sloth. Doing, doing what's easy, what comes, comes a little bit more naturally rather than what's necessary, or best. And I can, I can very easily hide my sloth behind a whole fury of activity, right? We do that. Rebecca DeYoung, for example, I keep recommending this book. I don't know if you're, if you're reading it yet. She's going to come up often. If you're wanting another resource on this, I'd highly recommend it. But listen to what she says about sloth. She says, busyness and workaholism are not virtuous, but rather sloth's classic symptoms. In fact, sloth cannot be defined as laziness since slothful people often pour great physical effort and emotional energy into the difficult task of distracting themselves from the unhappiness of their real condition. Slothful people can be very busy. Did you catch what she said there? I mean, if, if, you, if you're reading it well, she's saying many of us are busy not because of all the demands put upon us, like, we want to blame such and such and that person and our boss and all that. But it's not primarily about the demands put upon us, nor are we simply busy because we're just such virtuous, salt-of-the-earth, hardworking, good old-fashioned folk, right? It's not what she says. She says, no, we're busy because we're distracting ourselves from how miserable we are. Not cool, Rebecca. But she's kind of right, isn't she? Because I know, at least for me, if I work hard, I can feel safe, successful, secure, right? I can, I can feel like a, a, decent, a decent human being. If my kids are busy, it's very, well, I must be doing something, right? All the activities they're involved in. 
If I check off everything on my to-do list, then maybe I'm okay. Maybe I have what it takes. Maybe I'm not really the mess that I know deep down I am. And if I'm honest, I prefer the distraction of busyness over the hard work of loving and being loved. It's easier to be distracted. Love is hard work. The Apostle Paul, for example, he rebukes some in the early church uh, for doing this. He, he writes in 2 Thessalonians, he says, For we hear that some among you walk in idleness or sloth, not busy at work, but busy bodies. So here's, here's the first step in the fight against sloth. And I would guess nobody saw this coming, at least not at the start this morning. But I'm convinced it's where at least some of us need to begin. I mean, if you want to kill your sloth, slow down. Take a deep breath. Take a day off. Take a moment in your life to be alone with yourself without your devices to think about who you are and who you're becoming. Slow down. Now, now of course, some of, us, some of us do need to speed up. Like some of us in this room are just classically lazy and, and need to get to work, okay? And we'll, we'll get there eventually. But many of us, the way that we live our lives is just, it's so fast. And you have to slow down. If you're living at breakneck speed, first of all, ask yourself why. I mean, what, what's really behind the pace in which you live? What do you get out of it? I mean, what, what are your real motivations for all the activities your kids are involved in? Or how many hours you spend at work? And, and, then, and then second with that, what's, ask yourself, what's one thing this week I need to stop doing? One thing that's it's just not, it's, it's either the wrong thing or more, more likely it's just a lesser thing that you need to say no to. Say, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. I mean, I can tell you, I, I get so afraid looking at my kids and what's just sort of normal in Johnson County, right? And our kids have every opportunity, and yet, are we just raising a generation of super busy sloths? And kids, I'm, that's not on you. I'm not blaming you. We've done that to you. We've made you so busy. It's not your fault. Are we teaching our kids to be busy at what matters? Martha, slow down. Now, of course, you can't, you can't stop there, right? It's not slow down and do nothing or even slow down and do less. It's, it's slow down and give yourself to the right things. Because when the, when the early church fathers talk about sloth, remember these, this list of deadly sins have been around for like 1,500 years, uh, almost. And, and when, when they talk about sloth, here's what they mean, and here's why it's so dangerous. Ultimately, ultimately sloth is just it's too lazy to change. Like, sloth isn't just general laziness. It's a lazy soul. It's, it's the person who doesn't really want to grow or change or get better. Or maybe, maybe you want that, but, I mean, you know, you're not, you're not actually going to do the work that it requires to change or to grow or to get better. Sloth looks at God's transforming love. I mean, God wants to make you whole, Right? Like, you know, like he's, he's on your side and, and helping you get better with, with whatever things you're struggling with or dealing with. He wants to make you whole, but sloth sees it and says, eh, it's too much work. It's easier just to stay like this. It's easier to be Martha, isn't it? Meanwhile, Mary's doing what's, what's necessary. Look at verse 41. 
Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. People, there's lots to do. I mean, tasks everywhere. Plenty that you and I can give our lives to. No, no end of options. But one thing is necessary. And here's, here's Mary choosing the good portion, Jesus says, sitting at the Lord's feet, listening to his teaching. De Young is, is so good here. She says, the, the slothful feel that it is an intolerable burden to stay true to one's commitment to God with all its daily drudgery and discipline. Likewise, sloth is the vice of those who want the security of having God's love without the real sacrifice and ongoing struggle to be made anew. And she gives with this, she gives the example of marriage. And she can be married, you know, vows, raising kids, living in the same house, you know, those sort of external things of, of what it means to be married. But you can do all that without, without actually engaging in the hard work of being married, of being a, a spouse, of pursuing each other, sacrificing for one another, spending time together, learning what it means to, to love and be loved. Any relationship takes work, and if you refuse to do that work, it's not, it's not going to work. And not only in that, in that context is the, is the relationship in serious jeopardy, you're missing out on the joy that comes with doing the hard work of being loved and loving. And in this context, like when our souls get lazy, it just makes us want to give up, doesn't it? Or, or distract ourselves with something else. Ah, Jesus, never mind. Just forget it. Don't give in. That's the, that's the second thing here. When, when sloth rises up and following Jesus just feels too hard, changing, growing, it's just, ugh, too much work. When that happens, like Mary, sit at his feet, even when you don't want to. Discipline yourself. And, I mean, think about it, like many of us here, we're so disciplined in our, in our work, our tasks, the things that we do for, for our kids and, and exercise. Like some of you, like you haven't missed a workout hardly all year, Right? And it's great to work out, but are we, are we running after him? And this really, this is where sloth is so hard. This is why it made it onto the list of the deadly sins. Um, it's that once sloth comes in, the only antidote really is it's diligence, perseverance, hard work, which is the exact same thing that sloth hates the most, right? So once it creeps in, the remedy is like, it's, it's, it feels too far hard to reach, Right? And you spiral lower and lower and lower into your own slothful self. I mean, when you're feeling slothful, this, is, this stuff is the last thing you want to do. And if we're honest, and I think we know this, don't we? Whether you're a Christian or not, I think we all see this. Our souls, or, or whatever you want to call it, that thing at the very core of our identity of who we are is bent towards laziness. And that's the direction we drift. And once you get into that funk, it's really, really hard to get out. I mean, for example, you say you want to change. We all want to change something about us, right? We all want to get better at something. We want to stop doing that thing or be better at this other thing, right? There, there are things about all of us that we long for, but what are you doing about it? 
I mean, you can say you want to change, right? I don't want to... Maybe, maybe you're saying, I, I, don't want to, I don't want to be lustful anymore, or greedy, or, or gluttonous, or you know, these, other, these other deadly sins that we're going to talk to you. I don't, I don't want to deal with them. I don't want to be so angry. But friend, it's not just going to happen. I mean, Peter said back in the very first message in this series, right? Practice these things. Only practice makes virtue. Discipline. Hard work. Not to, not to earn grace, can't earn it. Not to sort of merit anything from God. You can't do that. But because of his grace, because he's given so freely to us. In fact, the, the early church fathers, they, they break it down a bit like this. They say that the very best way to fight against sloth is what they kind of call the discipline of staying put. Like just like head down, focused, just do it kind of, kind of mentality, Right? Um, and what, what they mean there is like, it's like doing what you know is right even when you don't want to. Diligence. It's like, you know, you don't feel like reading your Bible and it's been really hard lately. Um, and so your response to that is, I'm, I'm going to read my Bible. It's like when you pray and you've been praying for a while, man, it's just, nothing's happening. It feels boring. I just don't, I'm tired. I'm sick and tired of it. And so your response there is that you, you pray twice as hard and twice as long. It's when, you know, church has just grown boring to you, which by the way, that's personal, okay? That hurts. Um, and yet I'm not naive. I know that it happens, right? But instead of, of drifting away, you, you step closer in to the community, in, into to relationships. The only way, friends, the only way to attack sloth is with the rut of faithfulness, doing what you know you should be doing even when you don't feel like it, even when it's drudgery. Because the very thing sloth resists, right? That work, that discipline, it's the very thing we need the most. So there's something you're going to stop doing. We talked about that, right? We're not just adding things to your to-do list here. But what are you going to replace it with? What's, what's one thing this week that you can commit to doing? To, to grow, to change, to be who God has called and created you to be, no matter, no matter how little you feel like it. You know, for some of you, maybe it's just saying as a family, you know what, the next two months, we're, we're going to come to church every Sunday. No matter how lazy or busy we are, that's, that's, we're going to do that because that's more important. For, for others of you, maybe it's just saying, you know, every day this week and maybe, maybe every day this month, I'm going to get up 10 minutes early and begin all of my list of to-dos first praying, asking God to be a part of being in my life and putting my dependence and trust on him. And maybe, maybe doing that not just for a month, but maybe two months, three months, maybe, maybe forever, right? Others of you, it's picking up your Bible, something, right? Pick one thing this week, one discipline, one piece of hard work that's going to shape you over time for good, for wholeness. Because we're busy with many things, you and I, so many things. One thing is necessary. God wants to make you whole, to transform you into the person that you were always meant to be. Don't you want that? Don't give in to sloth. Okay, there's one more thing about sloth. Um, we have to cover. Because yes, sloth, it often hides in busyness. And yes, it's, it's ultimately about a laziness of soul, right? Of, of who we're becoming internally, but it never stops there. 
It never, it never just ends because we're, we're a community of people. We're not meant to live isolated lives alone. So it always is meant, everything is meant to flow out of us into the, the people around us. And so the third thing is that sloth is just too lazy to love. Sloth refuses to do what love requires. I mean, this is why it destroys families and workplaces and communities. It's not just laziness. It's lazy to love. It's, it's looking at, okay, yeah, Jesus loves me, okay? And yes, he wants to to pour his love into my life and make me whole, but then you just kind of sit on it. Like, it doesn't work. It has to respond with action. And so Jesus here, in this story, he's not, he's not telling Martha to stop working and just go to Bible study all day. Okay, that's, that's not what's happening here. Because God loves us so that we can love others. And when we don't, sloth impacts everyone around you. In fact, there's a great picture of this in the Old Testament, in the, the book of Proverbs Proverbs 31, it's, it's a, a description of a, of a woman who's doing the hard work of love. Not just spinning her, her wheels, but loving the people around her. And listen to how it starts. It's Proverbs 31. Let me read the first part of it here. It says, an excellent wife, which another translation there is just a virtuous woman, right? A virtuous woman who can find she is far more precious than jewels. And then it describes what this virtuous woman looks like. It goes on for 20 verses, praising her for her ingenuity and her hard work. That she, she buys and sells. She trades in the marketplace. She buys investment property and plants a vineyard. She makes garments. She, she's at work before the sun comes up and she's still, she's still at her task when the sun goes, goes down. And in so doing, she takes care of her family, but not just her family. She takes care of her servants, but not just her servants. The poor and needy around her, the entire flourishing of her community because this Woman, this virtuous woman chooses to work hard. And so the, the proverb writer says, strength and dignity are her clothing. And she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of sloth, idleness. She's praised by everyone around her. And she's not just praised because she makes stuff. She's not just praised because she works hard. She's praised ultimately because, she, because of her love. But that's, that's what's behind the work that she does. And friends, when we choose sloth, I don't know if we choose it necessarily. When we drift there, like it's kind of the default. You don't have to choose it. You just, you're going to go there. I'm going to go there if left unattended, right? And, and when we drift in that direction, it, it feels innocent, doesn't it? And sure, you need rest. You need downtime. Workaholism is not a virtue. But if you are becoming a slothful person, you're robbing everyone around you. Like you're taking opportunities to, to love them away from them. When you watch too much TV, TV's fine. I like TV, right? When you get sucked into, into too many video games and you can't get off the couch or get out of bed, when you show up late for work or, or you're just apathetic at work, like, whatever, whatever work it is you do, you're just sort of average at best. You're coasting until the weekend, or maybe until retirement, or you're spending your retirement sitting on your can, or you refuse to, to serve here or, or in our community. It's not just lazy. Like, it's not just sort of a, a, a non-moral, neutral thing. Like, a lack of diligence, a lack of hard work is a failure to love, to give ourselves on behalf of others. Your family needs you. They need your hard work. Your friends, your coworkers need you. Your neighbors need your, your good deeds, your work, your church, your clients, your classmates. And sloth sees all of it, sees the needs, sees the opportunities to love, and is like, nah, 
It's just too much work. So here's the last thing. As we move from sloth to diligence, yes, some of us need to slow down. Um, and also, don't, don't give up growing, growing your soul, like becoming who God's called you to be. But you know what else? You also have to get to work. Like, be active in, in loving the people around you. People, we were created for work. I mean, Adam and Eve in the garden, right? Even before the world fell apart, even before sin entered, their, their first couple of commands involved work. Like they, were, they were commanded to work together. And we will work in the new creation after, after Christ returns. And there is work to be done today. And yes, find, find places to serve in your community, your church. I mean, all that's good. Volunteering is good. I'm not minimizing that. But the primary work God has for us is whatever place he's put you. Wherever, wherever you spend the majority of your time, that, that is the place that you are called to love your neighbor most. The work that you do day in and day out, whether you get paid for or not, whether you like your job or not. And please hear this, the greatest opportunity you have to love your neighbor, it's not here at church. It's not at a soup kitchen. I'm not minimizing those things. I wouldn't for a second minimize it. Those are important ways. But the greatest opportunity you have to love your neighbor is with the work that you do day in and day out. Being faithful. Bringing your A game every time. Serving your clients, your coworkers, your classmates innovating, building stuff that, that's good, that's, that's valuable. It's when, it's when you change diapers and nobody sees it, and yet you do it for, for God. You know that he's watching, practicing diligence. That's what it is, right? Practice, 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 practice. And so that you and I begin to see our work not simply as, a, as an endless list of to-dos we have to check off, that we begin to see each item as an opportunity to love, to care for the people closest to us. All of it, everywhere, all the time. And just imagine if we, his people, his church, what if we work like that? What if our businesses were known like that? What if, what if us as employees and coworkers and people on the team, what if, what if we were known with that kind of reputation that, man, Christians, they work hard because, not because of like trying to ego, right? But love, they love well in tangible ways. Sloth is not just laziness. It's laziness with what matters most. And don't, don't just live busy. We can do that. I do that. Spinning my wheels and going nowhere. Don't just live busy. But get, get busy growing, changing, transformed by God's love, and then put that, work to lo- that love to work for others. Pour yourself out. This is your one life. Like your one chance to do this. It's the only opportunity you're going to have to love your family, to love your friends, to love your neighbors. This is, this is your opportunity. One of, the most, one of the most meaningful books I've read in a long time um, is Death by Living by Indy Wilson. And I've quoted this before, so it might be familiar to some of you a few months ago, but it's, it's one of those things where like, I, just, I can't shake it. Um, I can't move off from what he said. It, it just, it, frankly, it just hurts too deep because I've lived most of my life thinking one day it's going to be easier right? You do this, right? It's like, well, once I get out of college, once I get established in my job, once, once the kids get a little older, or maybe a lot older, or maybe when they get out of the house, or once I'm retired, or, or something at some point, like, life is going to get easy, right? We think that, don't we? And we build everything in that direction. We hope for it. We just long, and we just wait, right? Which, I mean, you know, right? By this definition, that's, I mean, that's sloth, right? Always hoping that one day it's going to be easier, 
And then add to that, I read this stupid book. <laughs> and listen, listen to what he says. I hope it haunts you like it haunts me. He writes, the truth is that a life well-lived is always lived on a rising scale of difficulty. The best life, a virtuous life, a good life, actually gets harder, not easier. The stakes only get bigger, the opportunities wider, the the chances for influence and love, the the leadership, the capacity, the things with your your family, it only only gets deeper. And to make it it worse, then he, he continues, he says, death is now. The choice is here. Lay your life down. Your heartbeats cannot be hoarded. Your reservoir of breaths is draining away. You have hands. Blister them while you can. You have bones. Make them strain. They can carry nothing in the grave. You have lungs. Let them spill with laughter. In my remaining hours, I could be smiling or scowling, rejoicing in my life in this race and this story, or moaning and complaining about my troubles. I can be giving my fingers, my back, my mind, my words, my breaths to my wife and my children and my neighbors. Or I can grasp after the vapor and the vanity of myself, for myself, dragging my feet, afraid to die, and therefore afraid to live. And of course, like Adam, I will still die in the end. Hmm. Friends, life is meant to be spent. Your life, my life, It's not meant to be hoarded or saved up, stored away, kept nice and neat. It's meant to be spent, given away through hard work on behalf of others out of love. Because if you think about it, this is why Jesus came, isn't it? I mean, it's what he did. He doesn't ask us to do something that he was unwilling to do. He spent his, his life for you and me. I mean, he, he hung on the cross. He, he died for us, and he longs to change us with his love. He's constantly at work on your behalf and mine, running the universe, but also intimately involved, changing, growing us. And he, and he died for lazy people. But he didn't stay dead. He rose again to turn our sloth into love, to bring dignity and joy to our work, even the most mundane thing where we can see, yeah, okay, I can, I can love through this, whatever this is. And he gives us forgiveness when we fail and hope that we really can change. Friends, this is the work that he does and is doing for you and longs to do it in you and through you. But this is the work of love that he invites us into. Let's join him. Let's pray. Father, would you weed out the places of sloth that live in my heart? God, I pray that you'd show me, show all of us the ways in which we're just, with any of these vices, really, we're just really good at hiding the problem. We're good at pushing the habits down further and further, whether it's lust or anger or vainglory next week or envy last week or sloth today. God, I pray that we would see where it lives. I I pray that we would see how we feed it, how we continue to make or to spiral our our own sloth lower. God, would you convict us? Show us what we need to do to change. For some of us, help us to slow down. Others, others of us, and maybe just in different ways, help us to get to work. Help us to see that our lives are meant to be spent, for that is what you've done for us. God, I want to spend my life 
me. I guess we're all spending it. I want to spend it for stuff that, that honors you, that isn't about my own name, my own selfish ego or pride or what I get. God, help us to pour ourselves out as you have done so for the world. In Christ's name. Well, thank you for joining us and worshiping with us this morning. My name is Reed. I'm one of the pastors here. And it's just a joy to be with you and to celebrate this day. And, and I just, yeah, I, I, I felt a sense of great conviction. Just as, as Nathan shared, just the reality of, of our slothfulness. It's not just us being lazy, but it's truly us choosing lesser things to preoccupy ourselves with so that we can have that excuse like I do in so many cases to say, I mean, I can't do this. I'm busy. But perhaps we're busy because we've chosen the wrong things to invest our time in. And so may we be people who are able and willing to choose the more important things that we might be people of love, not of slothfulness. So, so as we leave this place, as we enter into the places God has called us, uh, I wanted to share a passage from, from Romans chapter 12 for our benediction, our, our good word for the road as we leave this place. Uh, as we are the gathered church here, we go to be the scattered church where God has called us. So, so hear these words from the Apostle Paul and his letter to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. What, the, oh, what a picture that is. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Amen. May this be so of us. Go in peace.